book. The first slide, please. The Lord created us with abilities and with the ability to remember. And uh, He gave us uh, a brain so that we can memorize and we can remember, we can recognize and we can analyze and integrate things. And uh, if you want to know more about the parts of the brain, then we have here a, an illustration that shows the different parts that are involved in memory, in remembering. The amygdala, uh, the one and almost in the middle, is responsible for remembering fearful events or fearful memories. Or perhaps uh, they're strongly uh, associated emotions. Strong emotions that you have felt before, like uh, your embarrassing moment. Can you remember your embarrassing moment? Or a fearful moment in your life? Uh, so that's stored in the amygdala. The hippocampus is responsible for declarative and episodic and also recognition memory. Also for long-term memories. So numbers, addresses, dates are all stored in that portion of the brain. The cerebellum is responsible for what they call as the procedural memories, like how to play the piano, how to uh, sing songs, the lyrics of the songs, the how-tos. And uh, last but not the least, the prefrontal cortex is responsible for uh, allowing us to remember certain semantic tasks. These are tasks that are related to instructions or languages or commands. So if your parents would, would say to you, sleep in the afternoon and uh, you kind of remember them, that's your prefrontal cortex. And so God uh, gave us abilities to remember and remember things. But because of sin, uh, it came together with forgetfulness. And uh, most of us, we tend to forget many things, right? Uh, what, what are the things that you, you have forgotten? Maybe a debt you need to pay to someone? Utang, nakalimutan niyo na ba na may utang kayo? You have a debt to pay to someone and you may have forgotten them. Uh, as surgeons, I hope we won't forget a, a scalpel or an instrument or a sponge inside a patient's abdomen because that will be a... Well, that could uh, result to uh, life-threatening consequences. And also, uh, we can be sued when we neglect, no? when we, we forget things. So what have you forgotten? Or what are the things that you have forgotten already? There's this theory that our brain is capable of remembering things, but as time would pass, these events would be superimposed by newer events. And it's like the, you know, the, no, the CCTV, the, the, the things that the CCTV captures, it is recorded in, in a disc. You know? And uh, when, when the, the, the memory capacity is uh, used up, then it goes back, it resets, so it, it, it superimposes on the early uh, parts that it has uh, uh, basically recorded. One of the things that we should not forget is to pray. So let us pray before we proceed further. So let's not forget. Let's just pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us the ability to 
remember things. Yet there are many times that we forget. And so, Lord, allow us to remember the message, the lesson that we learned tonight, and especially allow them to be seen, to be applied in our lives so that we can, we can learn, so that we can also teach this to others. Allow us, Lord, not only to understand, but also to be able to apply the principles we will learn tonight in our personal lives and even extend it to others by sharing and teaching this to others as well. Bless our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Next slide. And uh, uh, to talk more about forgetfulness, uh, there are uh, experts who uh, uh, gave us some uh, probable and avoidable causes of forgetfulness, like lack of sleep. That's why sleep is very important, especially those who are studying. Uh, make sure you sleep before you take an exam or a major exam because you might forget the, the things that you have studied no, if you fail to get enough sleep. Certain medications can also cause us to forget things like anesthesia, tranquilizers, like uh, those who are giving birth. No, so they would say it's painful no? and uh, I don't want to give birth anymore. It's, it's really painful, especially uh, this labor and delivering this child. And I don't want to have this experience anymore. And so the obstetrician gives a uh, tranquilizer, uh, gives a, an anesthesia, a medication. And then the next year, he's, she's again there laboring and giving birth again, totally forgetting the experience, totally forgetting the pain that she has felt uh, just some few months, nine months or, or so ago. Smoking and alcohol, excessive alcohol, can cause direct destruction of our brain cells and uh, it will cause us to forget at an early age. Stress and anxiety, including depression, can also cause forgetfulness. So are you forgetting things already? Now, what are the uh, unavoidable causes of forgetfulness? Well, there could be uh, genetic predisposition. So Alzheimer's is a specific chronic disease that, is, uh, that involves the brain. The brain uh, becomes smaller in, in time and because of genetic and, and other stuff, especially as we age. And that's why as we age, we tend to forget things like an old man forgetting where he has placed his eyeglasses. It was just on his head and he forgets where it, he placed them. So as we age, we tend to forget things. And uh, I was curious of what the, the things that people uh, tend to forget. So I went into social media and I posted this question, next question, actually two questions. I posted two questions yesterday and today. Uh, this, here, here are the questions that I posted. What are the things we should never forget? So what are the things that we should never forget? So I was expecting to have answers like we should never forget to brush our teeth, we should never forget to take a bath or uh, to, to, to breathe. No, it's dangerous. If we forget how to breathe, uh, we might die. And what would you usually do so you will not forget special events? So if I am to ask you, what are the things you should never forget or what are the things you should you usually do so that you will not forget things or events, uh, 
how will you answer? So these are just some of the, the, the responses uh, that, that I received. So next slide. So one, I think one sister said, always be thankful for what we have. So let's not forget to be thankful. That's good, right? Uh, when, when, when someone helps us, when someone uh, gives us something, let us not forget to thank them. Another brother said, Acts. In the context of prayer, perhaps adoration to the Lord, confession of our sins, thanksgiving for what we have, no matter how good or bad, and also supplication, asking the Lord for the things that we need. So let's not forget uh, to pray. Next slide. Yeah, so basically someone said, let's not forget to pray. So what other things we should never forget? A, a pastor, a brother said, 2 Timothy 2.8 Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, the message of the gospel. So in the context of being able to share the gospel, you must remember to, to share the gospel and perhaps remember Christ. Another a brother said, God is love and just. So remember that God is love and just. Um, another said, people who never turned their back at the time of need. Or help. I think this is one of my Indian students who, who said this, don't forget those who have helped you. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's good no? to, to remember. And then, funny, there's, uh, of course, someone said, don't forget God. No, I hope we don't forget Him. Uh, one, one sister wrote this, uh, I should not forget my bag. And then goes on to give these details. Nandun lahat, nandun lahat eh. My, everything is there. My cell phone, my driver's license, my beauty stuff. And then he would uh, in detail share the contents of her bag. Okay, my katinko and uh, my Vicks inhaler. And so it was, uh, my wife and I were laughing when, when we read this. Uh, yes, we agree that uh, we should also not forget our bag and uh, the important things that are in there. So what are the things that you should never forget? Because we tend to forget, right? If I ask you what was the message two Sundays ago or perhaps three Sundays ago or perhaps just last Sunday, what's the message last Sunday? Perhaps you may have forgotten already. And so the next question, next slide was to what would you usually do so you will not forget special events or special things or things that you want to remember? What would you do? Some would say probably write down these things, right? record, take pictures. So most answered mark the calendar or set an alarm. It's something to do with marking their calendar, a calendar of events. And then uh, having an alarm, whether it's a phone or uh, mostly it's their, their mobile phones uh, because of technology. Like a small calendar book in my bag and then a phone reminder. Uh, next slide, someone said, I prepare what I need to wear. <laughs> so in advance, uh, she would not forget you know, the occasion or a special event. Next, uh, make a memorial, uh, quoting Proverbs 3, 3 or 6, verse 21, making a memorial. Uh, do you do that? You make a memorial for a particular event. Okay, next. Uh, uh, a friend of mine from Legaspi, a co-barista and a co-business, uh, co also has a business in coffee shop, said, Doc, by kasalanan ka kay madam, no? So thinking maybe I have forgotten an anniversary or perhaps her birthday. 
And so I told him, no, this is just a part of uh, my preparation for the preaching tonight, for the message. Uh, what would you usually do so you will not forget special events? Most also answered Google Calendar, uh, very techy. Uh, they have this calendar in their, in their mobile phones and they use a special app for this. And a color-coded calendar, wow, very OC. No? Uh, maybe for Mondays, red. And then for Tuesday, green perhaps. And so how about you? Next slide. What are the things you should never forget? Events, birthdays. Uh, and uh, what would you usually do so you will not forget these things or these events? Next slide. Now, in our passage, God wanted or doesn't want the Israelites to forget Egypt. Never forget Egypt and never forget what I did to the Egyptians and also to you. Exodus chapter 13 verses 1 to 16 is a continuation obviously of Exodus chapter 12 where God would give them uh, uh, an instruction, special commands, special instructions on what not to forget and how not to forget what he did. And what has happened in Egypt. Next slide. So the context, the whole background of, of Exodus chapter 13 is this. So what are the things the Israelites should never forget? They should never forget Egypt. And what God did to the Egyptians. And what God did to them as a nation. Never forget this. And then how God judged the Egypt is what God did. You know, the plagues. And then the tenth plague, the, the, the plague that broke uh, Pharaoh and uh, the, the whole Egypt. And how God delivered the Israelites through the Passover, through the sacrifice of a lamb. Never forget this, he says to the Israelites. And next, and, uh, and what would the Israelites need to do so they will not forget? They need to celebrate this every year. They need to to commemorate, they need to do this, they need to remember, they need to celebrate these events every year and then even put symbols on them as reminders and as, as symbols that will remind them of this special event. Next slide. And so God commands the nation of Israel to establish the Feast of the Unleavened Bread and this is to remember how God delivered them from Egypt. That in haste, they left. They don't need to, to put in the, the leavening, uh, the yeast to make it uh, leavened. And so they need to, uh, in haste, uh, uh, prepare and eat uh, unleavened bread. This is to remember, for them to remember how God delivered them in a one swift motion action they were delivered. Next, the feast will be held every year and there shall be a sign on their hand and also on their forehead, uh, particularly between the eyes, as symbols of this uh, event and this uh, uh, celebration. Next, God also commands Israel to dedicate every firstborn male unto himself. Set apart the firstborn male. For, for God himself. So every firstborn in Egypt, 
died when the Lord brought his judgment upon the Egyptians. You recall our previous messages. And then uh, he also, uh, there's also uh, this, that none of the firstborn of Israel died because they sacrificed a lamb and painted its blood on their doorposts and above their door as an act of faith and obedience. So just realize, just analyze, uh, this is their first time to do it, painting the blood, killing the lamb, and painting the blood of the lamb on their doorposts. It might sound weird and and, and, uh, different, and however, they obeyed by faith. And so when they did, uh, when the Lord passed over, they were delivered, they were saved from, from this plague. Next slide. Now, every firstborn male, because of what God did, shall be dedicated to him and must be redeemed by a lamb. There must be some form of redemption. Next, in verse 1, in chapter 13, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Sanctify to me. Sanctify means separate or set apart to me every firstborn. What firstborn? The first offspring of every womb among the sons of Israel. So uh, every firstborn child of both man and also of beast, they, it belongs to me. Next slide. So the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, the, the, the Jews would uh, uh, eventually, after uh, the Babylonian captivity, they would... Uh, uh, commemorate this, they would celebrate this. And so every year the nation will eat unleavened bread for seven days and they will celebrate at the end. So no leavened bread shall be seen among them and no leavened bread shall be seen in their houses. So let's go to the passages, verse 3. Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you went out from Egypt, from the house of slavery, for by a powerful hand the Lord brought you out from this place and nothing leavened shall be eaten so remember this day on this day in the month of abib now known as the month of nisan you are about to go forth it shall be when the lord brings you to the land of the canaanite the hittite the amorite the hevite and the jebusite and the website no there's no website there Uh, which he swore to your fathers to give you a land flowing with milk and honey that you shall observe this right in this month. Don't also forget that the the main theme of Exodus is about God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness to his promise that what God promised, he would deliver and he would do and he would perform. Next slide. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread and on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall, not be, shall be eaten throughout seven days, and nothing leavened shall be seen among you. So, as, uh, what I have read, they would, they, would different, they would have different sets for cooking the, the leavened and unleavened bread. So, there should be no uh, nothing unleavened shall be seen among you, nor shall any leaven be seen among you and all your borders and all your household. Next. You shall tell your son on that day, saying, It is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. Applications. Next slide. 
verse 9 pa. And it shall serve as a sign to you on your hand and as a reminder on your forehead that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a powerful hand, the Lord brought you out of Egypt. Don't forget what the Lord did when he brought you out of Egypt. Next slide. And so this is uh, where they now have the phylacteries. Uh, next slide. Uh, a phylactery also called a uh, uh, tefillin. Okay, so this, uh, these are uh, the bands that they put on their forehead okay, and also their hands. Uh, uh, they put prayers on, on these uh, bands and uh, they also put verses, especially uh, quoting the, the commands of God. And uh, they use this whenever they pray or whenever they remember uh, and celebrate this event. Next slide. And uh, so uh, the Israelites would, would wear this uh, as a reminder. So what do you wear as a reminder of uh, special events in your life? I hope for the married couples here, you have your ring as a reminder of your covenant uh, to your spouse and with the Lord. I hope you have your ring as a reminder of those vows. Uh, I remember before, I would remove my ring uh, so that people would see that I am single and that I am available. Yeah, I did that before, but of course the Lord has rebuked me, and uh, of course uh, it's wrong to 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 portray you know, that what which you are not. So I now remove my my wedding ring just every time I do surgery, because we cannot wear ring and uh, yeah, during surgery. And so, uh, what are the signs on your hand or on your forehead or on your bodies? that would remind you of uh, events or special events in your life. Some would put tattoos, right? <laughs> Do you have tattoos? A heart and then the name of uh, whoever is um, that tattoo. So to remind you of that person or whatever. So what do you have on, your, on, on you that would remind of, of someone, of something? Next slide. And so, therefore, you shall keep this ordinance as at its appointed time from year to year. Next slide. So, as application, we must remember the story of how God delivered Israel from Egypt. Don't forget this story. Of course, for the Israelites, this is an important event. And so, they must remember this. God is almighty. And Pharaoh and his God, small letter G, were no match to God. God made them even suffer from the plagues, and at the right time, God freed Israel. Now, another application is not only to, to remember this, this story, but to not forget how God saved us from eternal death in the lake of fire or hell through faith in Jesus Christ. If you have come to that point in your life where God has saved you from from something, perhaps a life-threatening situation, a literal one, or perhaps a spiritual uh, death. Don't forget that. Don't forget that day. I can still recall the day when the Lord saved me from my foolishness, from my sins, from my depravity, from my worldliness. 
And every time I am tempted to do things that are not pleasing before the Lord, I remember that day. I remember that moment when I prayed to the Lord, Lord, I surrender. I repent of my sins. I believe in you. Forgive me of my sins. Because at that instant, at that moment, God has saved me. God has delivered me. And so I'm sure, brothers and sisters, you also had that moment in your life where perhaps someone shared to you the message, someone shared you the gospel, and uh, by faith, you came to the Lord. Perhaps not instantly, but later on, you started to seek, you started to believe, and you surrendered your life. And also at that moment, God gives the Holy Spirit to you, to us, as a seal, as a mark, and as a guarantee of that promise that indeed we are saved forever. So remember that day. Don't forget that moment. See, if there's something that you should never forget, it should be that moment. It should be that day. In Revelation, it is, they said, remember the height from which you have fallen. Remember your situation before, like the prodigal son. Remember your wretchedness. Remember your, your, your disobedience. Remember your rebellion. Remember your, your, your sinfulness. And not to boast on them, not to, not, not to highlight on them, but to really highlight on what God did to you. Forgiving your sins, accepting you back. So if you have backslided, if you have turned your back from Christ, I hope you will come to that moment where you surrender everything and never forget this moment in your life. I'm sure you have your story. I love to hear your story. Uh, maybe over a cup of coffee, uh, you, should, you, you, can, you can share me uh, how the Lord saved you. Maybe from an illness, maybe from a, a, a something, a, a problem that, that you felt that it's the biggest problem in your life and there's no hope at all. And then suddenly, the Lord saves you. Don't forget this. Don't forget how God saved us from eternal death through faith in Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, let us remember, let us not forget what God did, not only for the Egyptians, not only for the Israelites, but also to us and for us. Let us not forget how God saved us. Second point, every firstborn male animal shall be dedicated to the Lord. This is the dedication of the firstborn they may be redeemed, so there is a price they, they must pay, a certain amount, uh, perhaps silver or gold or coins, so that they can redeem back. So they pay this to the priest, and then the priest gives back to them their firstborn. Now, for, for in the case of an animal, if they will not re redeem the animal, the neck shall be broken. And so rendering the animal useless. But for a a child or a person that they will not redeem, they should be redeemed later on. And every firstborn male shall be set apart 
uh, for the Lord and be redeemed. Let's go to the verses. Now, when the Lord brings you to the land of the Canaanite, as he swore to you and to your fathers and gives it to you, Know, as an assurance, uh, as a, 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 uh, an answer, as a uh, uh, deliverance of what God has promised. You shall devote to the Lord the first offspring of every womb and the first offspring of every beast that you own. The males belong to the Lord. A foreshadow again of Christ as the firstborn Oh, the firstborn son. Next line. But every first offspring of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. White donkey perhaps is the most uh, common uh, animal they have. But if you do not redeem it, then you shall break its neck, rendering the, the donkey dead and useless. And every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. So the Lord Jesus is the lamb of God. Do we agree? Yes, it was uh, written also by Paul, the apostle, and uh, the firstborn. And so it was Jesus who redeemed us with his blood in the cross, on the cross, so that we, what, may escape judgment. And uh, God, Jesus, also sacrificed himself receiving the judgment of God. So last Sunday, we may have learned, or the previous Sundays, we may have learned that it's through Christ that God's justice, God's righteousness, and God's mercy, and His love, and His grace are both simultaneously fulfilled. It is through Christ that we will be judged, and it is also through Christ that we can escape judgment. And so therefore, in our context today, we must dedicate ourselves. Have you dedicated your life to the Lord? As He has saved you, as He has redeemed you on the cross, as He has given you new life, we are to dedicate now ourselves before Him. Yes, we can dedicate our children. We can dedicate uh, our sons, our daughters. But have you dedicated your life? To him. Next slide. Don't forget whose we are. Don't forget who bought you with the price. Don't forget how Christ bought us with the price. Don't forget how God redeemed us with his very own life on the cross so that if we believe in him, we will have everlasting life. Don't forget whose we are. You are not on your own. We are God's. We are God's chosen. We are God's elect. And so we are God's children. We are God's servants. We are God's ambassadors. We are God's army. That's our identity. We are God's. And because we are God's and, and, and God bought us, we are to dedicate our whole life to Him. We are His. You are not on your own. Now, brothers and sisters, are we acting? Are we behaving? Are we thinking? Are we doing? Are we saying as if really God owns us? Or are we doing things as if we own ourselves? As if we are the masters of our life? 
lives. And no one owns us. And we are not anyone's child or property or servants. Remember, if you believe in Christ, He is your Father. God is our Father. And Jesus is our co-heir. And so therefore, we must act. We must walk. We must work. We must deal. We must conduct our lives, our businesses, our work, our profession as God's possession. Precious and loved. Don't forget whose we are. God has marked each and every one of His children with the Holy Spirit. That's the seal. And so every time God looks at us, He doesn't see our sins. He sees our faith. He sees Christ in us. And so therefore, we are to live this kind of life, a life that is God's life that gives honor and glory to Him. Third point, God expects the children to ask about the feast of the unleavened bread and the sacrifice of the lamb for what? In order to redeem the firstborn male animals and firstborn sons. Next, please. God expects that the parents especially the Israelites, would tell the story to their children. The story of how the mighty hand of the Lord delivered them from a stubborn Pharaoh. Let's look at the passages. Let's start with verse 8. You shall tell your son on that day, saying it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. So these children, out of curiosity, they would see the, the, this, this uh, feast being celebrated. They will surely ask, what is this for? What is this feast for? Why are we celebrating this? Why are we doing this? You tell them it's because of what the Lord did for me, for them, when they came out of Egypt. Next verses. And it shall be when your son asks you, God expects that the children will ask, that your sons ask you the time in time to come, saying, what is this? Then you shall say to him, with a powerful hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. Now, last week, I was blessed to be introduced and to be connected with a brother in the Lord, together with his wife, in, as we met them, uh, as I met them in, in the campus, uh, a while ago we had our first conversation. It was an interesting one, because I've learned that he was Jewish. He's Jewish. No, he has the blood of Jew. Brother Matthew, can you can you stand to be acknowledged, brother? Uh, brother Matthew is here. He he, you were you were in the thank you. You were in the, in the coffee shop a while ago conversing, talking, so knowing that, well, realizing he tells me that he's a Jew, I immediately ask questions, uh, especially about the, the context of our passage. I ask him about this, about that, and uh, it's interesting that uh, they celebrate the Passover as part of their culture, uh, 
together with his family. But when I ask him, does your parents uh, share to you the reason why you are celebrating this? It was with a sad uh, answer that he says, uh, well, they explain the shortened, they give a shortened, a, a, a shortened version. Uh, not really relating it to what the Lord did or not even connecting it to what Christ did uh, as a new covenant. And, uh, uh, but perhaps maybe some still Orthodox Jews would celebrate this and would do this to their children. But apparently, well, with, with, with most of them, they would just do this out of culture and not out of reverence or perhaps not out of really remembering in a worshipful bringing what, what God did for them as a nation, as a country. Next slide. It came about when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord the males, the first offspring of every womb, but every firstborn of my sons I redeem. Next, please. And so it shall serve as a sign on your head and as, a, as phylacteries, as symbols on your forehead. For with a powerful hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. Oh, this is the, 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 the root, the basis of their phylacteries you know, in their forehead and also in their hand. Next slide. So as application, we are to pass the knowledge of God to our children. As Christian parents, we need to pass the knowledge of God to our children. We need to teach them. We need to, to, to impart to them. We need to disciple them. Parents must remind the children of the story of redemption. Not only this story, but your personal story, your own story of how the Lord has redeemed you. And what Jesus did on the cross, how God delivered all those who have faith in Christ. And as we remember, the next generation should remember as well. Now, why, why do we need to disciple the next generation? Next slide. Why do we need to pass on the knowledge? Uh, don't forget to share the gospel. Why? Why? Why should we not forget to share the gospel of salvation to them, to, to the next generation, to our neighbors, or to who, anyone that we meet? The need to disciple the next gen. Why? Let me give you some glaring and, and statistics that are available also in the, in the internet. Young people account for a substantial proportion of new sexually transmitted infections. Well, this is true in the U.S. This is also true in our, in our statistics. If you notice, there would be uh, uh, in the ages 15 to 24, the purple uh, part, the purple color part, 70% gonorrhea, 63% chlamydia, and then you have uh, down the line syphilis having 20%, and then ages 25 and above, the gray part uh, will constitute the rest. Young people today are developing uh, as early as, as, as 15, and later on we'll see the latest DOH statistics, especially in Cebu, in the Visayas, 11 to 12 years old, developing sexually transmitted diseases. Next slide. Uh, this is a study 
that shows high sexually transmitted disease rates. About 3.2 million teenage girls infected with a common STD according to the first uh, CDC, CDC Centers for Disease Control and also Prevention, study examining the national prevalence among adolescents. And girls aged 14 to 19 would have developed or would have experienced sexually transmitted diseases. Most of them are, are involved in trafficking, uh, in prostitution, you know, in illegal uh, traffic. And uh, uh, it's glaring, no? Uh, we have a brother here who's a Mexican, and uh, uh, maybe he can uh, attest to this as well. Next slide. 4,500 new HIV infections among adults aged 15 years old and older are diagnosed, are reported every day. 37% among young people aged 15 to 24, HIV. 22% among young women, 15 to 24 years old, and for men, 15%, 15 to 24 years of age, 4,500. In our statistics, I think we have, I think, 22 uh, cases per day being diagnosed with HIV. Next slide. And in a recent uh, uh, published D, uh, DOH statistics, the raise, uh, uh, the, it raises an alarm uh, as 11-year-olds start to get STDs, 11 to 12 years old. The need to teach the next generation, the need to reach out to them, the need to disciple them. Next slide. You want more statistics? Prevalence of mental health disorders among youth. This is done in, I think, in America. 49.5%, uh, almost half, okay, of U.S. adolescents met the criteria for mental health disorders. Depression, uh, bipolar. Okay. Next uh, this uh, graph shows illicit drug usage for youth, 12 to 17, in 2009. Uh, I believe it, it has gone higher by 2018. Uh, as reported by National Center for Children in Poverty, the use of marijuana is at 7.3%. The use of uh, prescription-type drugs at 3.1%, which uh, in, the, in the statistics that would follow, it has gone up. Next slide. Smoking rate by age. By, uh, by seventh grade, eighth grade, around 12 years old, 13 years old. Uh, among males, 6.5, 11.5. Among females, 5.2, 6.4. And that increases as they go to the next level from South Korea. Korea Centers for Disease Control and Protection. Smoking. Next. And then in 2018, uh, this was published, almost 5 million youth currently use any tobacco product. 40% may have used tobacco products with uh, use two or more, additionally with two or more addictive substance. And over 3.6 million youth ages uh, used e-cigars, e-cigarettes, vapes. Um, and it's on the rise, making them the most commonly used tobacco product. 
substances that cause addiction. Next slide. Majority of teens admit to excessive cell phone usage. How about technology? Uh, uh, let's look at the statistics. Based on interviews with 743 teenagers aged uh, 13 to 17 in, the, in America conducted March and April 2018, they spent 54% uh, of their time uh, on their cell phone. They spent too much time and they tried to cut back even, trying to cut back uh, orange portion. They tried to cut back, okay? Meaning they're addicted already and so they're trying to cut back. Uh, on social media, 41%, 57 tried to cut back. Uh, are you part of these statistics? Of course, no, youth, though. Pero we can be part of the statistics if you, you're, you're hooked to, to social media, cell phones, playing video games. Uh, and so it shows the glaring uh, need to reach out to them. Uh, I'm trying to reach out to my son. I'm trying to, to engage him uh, with, with other activities other than his gadget. Uh, you, you know, no? You know that uh, a child is uh, already... Having too much gadget no? when, when he acts like a robot already. <laughs> Next slide. Uh, watch out for smartphone users. Uh, this, uh, this is funny. This is a funny statistics. Uh, those who bumped into someone while using their cell phones and those who got bumped uh, while using their cell phones. Uh, so it's very high among teenagers. Okay, almost 70%. So meaning they're always in, on their cell phones. Just either they got bumped or they bump onto someone or there's something because they're on their phone. So that's the statistics for that. And then going online wirelessly by age group, very high, using laptops, cell phones, or handheld phones, or other devices. Okay. And then, of course, we go to the church. Next slide. Uh, not yet. Uh, it says here that 81% of Americans believe that the values and morals of America are declining. But um, now people are more likely to blame this decline on movies, music, and TV rather than a lack of Bible reading. And so they blame movies, music, TV more than the uh, Bible reading. So while 50% of adults believe the Bible has too little influence in society, 30% of millennials only believe this. Next slide. In the church, the top three common challenges of youth ministry, especially those interviewed who are involved in, in youth ministry, like the leaders, uh, busyness of youth, 86%, lack of interest from parents, 41%, breakdown in families or of families at 31%. Our top three challenges, busyness of the youth, lack of interest from parents and so the social media the internet is now discipling our children now they are now teaching our children the reason why we homeschooled uh, since two years ago was basically for us to be more involved in teaching and guiding our children next slide youth ministry as a church priority this is scary because in some churches uh, it's not at all their priority. The discipling of the youth, the discipling of the next generation is either 
somewhat of a priority and not a top priority in their church. And so if we don't have the parents discipling the children and we don't have the church discipling the children, who does the discipling of our children? Who does the discipling of your children? Is it the school? Is it the social media? Or should be, or, or could be other people? Who is discipling the next generation? We should. Next slide. To conclude and to wrap everything, don't forget how God righteously judged the Egyptians. Yes, God is just. just. He is righteous and He's holy and He's going to punish, He's going to judge all of us. But for those who have repented and who have fully come to Christ by faith, you are exempted with this judgment. But we will still be judged the judgment of the rewards and how He mercifully saved the Israelites. We must not forget this story, how Pharaoh hardened his heart and in the end, he lost. And how the, the Israelites, out of their, their obedience and their faith, when they obeyed God, they were delivered and they were saved. But most importantly, let us not forget how Christ, Jesus himself, paid the penalty of our sins. His blood as an atonement, as a sacrifice, kapalit of our sins on the cross to redeem us so that we will have eternal life. Don't forget that. You can always go back to this story of your redemption, how the Lord saved you. You can use it as, a, as a, your, your tool for sharing the gospel, your story, your personal testimony. It's a powerful one. It's a powerful tool. Third, don't forget whose we are. Because we are gods. We are to be righteous. We are to be perfect like God is perfect. Well, we cannot be totally, really be 100% perfect. But we try. We try to be perfect. Don't forget whose we are, whose name we are carrying. So if you confess that you are a Christian, then you are Christ. We always say Christian means without Christ, I am nothing. Christian, no? Acronym for Christian. And don't forget to teach a disciple the next generation. This is for the parents who are here today like me. Or those who are influencing children. Perhaps you are teaching. Perhaps you are in the academe. Perhaps you're in the universities, in schools. Or perhaps you have loved ones Perhaps you have nieces and pamangkins and inaanaks and godchildren. Let us not forget to disciple them as well. As we remember this, let us also for them, allow them to remember as well.